Hello, good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by the last man standing with loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu. Apologies for the delay, a few technical problems, but we got there in the end and I've got two fantastic guests with me who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. We are live and I'm delighted to be joined by two fantastic guests. I'm joined by James Cook. James, welcome back to the show, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Harry. Thanks for having me on again, mate. No worries, my friend. The pleasure is all ours. And our very special guest this evening is the man behind El Maestro, Unai Emery's biographer. It's the brilliant Roman Molina returning to the show. Roman, how are you, my friend? Hi, thanks. Many thanks for the invitation. You are more than welcome anytime, my friend. You know that. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about Unai Emery because, uh, you know, we could spend <laughs> some time discussing the game last night, but to be honest, it was pretty poor. Not a great deal to talk about. Um, lots of discussion concerning Unai Emery's future of late. Roman, what have you made of the start to Unai Emery's second season in charge at Arsenal? Oh. So, so, like the first one. Um, I think overall the performance last year weren't that great, weren't that bad. I think the main problem with Arsenal is that the squad isn't balanced. There's a lot of problems. I think the summer window was a nightmare. I think it was catastrophic, to be honest. Um, and now I don't think he finds the good, the good formula. I, don't, I think he made a lot of mistakes, but I don't think, I think it's too easy to make him a scapegoat. When I see some players, I mean, the defense you have, even in Crystal Palace, you have better defenders. So you can put every manager on earth. What do you do with David Luiz, Socrates, Chambers, Maitland Nice, Kohasnach, Rob Holding, returning from injury? What do you do with that? Yeah, it's... Do they play, that's kind of player. Put just one question. I'm not here to defend Unai, I'm not his friend. I read a book about him, but I'm not contracted with him. And I told you he made mistakes, definitely. But if you look the entire squad of Arsenal, tell me who played at Liverpool, City or Chelsea. Who is playing starter in these clubs? Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. The squad is, is certainly not where it needs to be. But I mean... It's overrated. It, it maybe is overrated. overrated. But I mean, from our point of view, Roman, and I, I'm going to bring James in here because I think James will probably agree. If you think about the money that was spent in the summer, and I know Arsenal let players go and, and there was various other things going on, etc. But James, would you not agree that Arsenal did spend sufficient money this summer to be in a better position than they were last season? And it doesn't look like we're there. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I was actually really pleased with how this summer window went um, as an Arsenal fan. I think you've got to take into consideration as well that we've brought in the likes of Kieran Tierney, Nicola Pepe, and we're in the Europa League. Um, we, we, it's like our third season now in this competition. We're not in the top flight of European football at the minute. We're not that type of pedigree club. So to get the calibre of players that we have brought in from an Arsenal fan perspective, I'm 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 really pleased with how that's gone. Um, I think the problem lies in the way these players are being utilised. If you look at the weekend, dropping Nicola Pepe, the uh, exclusion of Mesut Ozil from the team. Um, I have to say, I really think we've got a group of players that are 
are stronger than the likes of Chelsea, possibly possibly Tottenham. Maybe not in terms of a starting eleven, but this group of players, there's a lot of potential. There's a lot of excitement within the team, and uh, I definitely think that, that this team could be going a lot further. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we've just lost Roman there. His connection's just uh, cut off. Unfortunately, he's having some uh, issues with his internet. Um, that's why we were late starting in the first place. But James, we'll continue the conversation until we can get Roman back on. Um, you know, going touching on last night's game, I mean, people talk about Granite Xhaka um, and how yep. bad he is, supposedly. But for me, we haven't looked any better in the midfield without him, have we? No, definitely not. And that midfield we had in last night's game with Willock and Daddy Sabayas was just practically non-existent. It was one of the weakest midfields I've seen this field this season. Um, I think when you take Granit Jacker out of the team, you do kind of start to notice what he does do when he is influencing the game. Uh, I'm not saying that he's, he's the answer to all of our problems by any means, but I do think he is a, is a player that helps us tick over at times. And um, I'd be interested to see who we line up with in the midfields in the game uh, on the weekends, you think the natural option would be Lucas Serra and Matteo Guendouzi, but it's it's still a big ask for them. There's still no real dominance in midfield there as such. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's going to be trial and error, I feel, with the players we've got. I still don't feel like we've got that commanding leader as such, uh, even with Jacker in the team. Uh, in, in the midfield, I think that's been a problem. You know, we, we've spoken about that ever since Patrick Vieira left, to be honest. We need someone with a bit more... Uh, dominance in the midfield and maybe Torreira could be could be that guy if we play him in his natural position but whilst he's being played higher up the pitch it's just not really an option at the minute so um, yeah the midfield is is certainly one of our biggest conundrums I think one of the biggest problems is that perhaps we've got one too many options yeah quite possibly Roman um, I want to talk to you about Unai Emery the person because there are not many people in the world of football media that probably know more about Unai Emery than yourself. As you mentioned, you you wrote the book on him, El Maestro, I'm sure. A lot of our listeners have listened to it. Uh, sorry, read it, sorry. Um, you know, for me, a question I want to ask you, and, and you spoke to me in the past about the troubles that Unai Emery has maybe had dealing with individuals, with star players. It feels like we saw a bit of that with Mesut Ozil. He's now uh, brought him back into the side, it seems. What is it with Unai Emery that just seems to to clash with these big stars? I don't disagree with you. Depends the star you mean. I mean, David Villa for me is a star player. Did I have trouble with him? No, absolutely not. Banega at Sevilla was the star man. No problem at all. Edinson Cavani, no problem at all. Kylian Mbappe, no problem at all. With Neymar, wasn't the best collaboration at the beginning, but at the end of the day, it was a respect. I mean, yeah, you had trouble with a guy in Paris Saint-Germain called Atem Benarfa. Was a selfish player, uh, passing much his time uh, smoking hookahs and playing football. So yeah, he had trouble with him. But what he did after Unai, absolutely nothing. So, but yes, he has a kind of tr trouble with people who can be lazy. Uh, I think the real problem with Mesut Ozil uh, is that he was a tremendous player. But let's be honest, last year he played a lot. Did he deliver? I mean, he plays number ten, especially at the end of the year. With Flax at an Obama on the front, it was his best position. Did he make really a difference? I don't think it was the case. I think the the problem of Mesutozil is his physical condition. And second thing, um, I think when I made a mistake with Ozil this year, definitely used it very bad. Um, and when you see our Arsenal team, I saw the team almost every game. I try to to see because sometimes I have some interviews to do about Arsenal. 
Um, which I don't understand is that he had some option with Ozzy Laxett, Bameyang. I mean, a very, very interesting player, but defensively, it's very poor. So all you put all your offensive threat on the, on the pitch, just one game to see what happened, to see what happened. And I think he had to do that at least once. And maybe you can see a better Mesut Ozil. I think Ozil played good in his last game. I think he was okay. He was better than a lot of players. But now I will repeat myself. The players are overrated. I'm sorry about that. And I'm sorry that the direction, the board, name a guy like Edu. He was a legend at the club, but he was uh, introduced because of his agent, Kia Jorapchian. And I'm sorry about that. But do you see what Kia Jorapchian did at Queen's Park Rangers at the time? What did that Reading? I mean, this guy was wanted by Interpol, for God's sake. And the board of <laughs> Arsenal gave him the keys of the, of the truck, bringing David Luiz's player. That's how a club like Arsenal has to be managed. So we can talk about the manager, we can talk about the player. But first, about the board, please. Why they give the keys to a guy like that? Why? On God's name. But then I, I, could, I could say, why did they give the keys to Unai Emery? Because for me, he But has... he's not a mobster. No, but he he has he has shown to me that he is not good enough for a club of Arsenal's size. And I, you know, people talk about his time at Sevilla and his time at Valencia, and you know there were some good achievements there. The, the title at PSG, great, he won the title. But I think anybody who manages PSG nowadays is expected to do that. So I'm not. Look what they did last year. They didn't. They weren't better without him. Yeah, I, Tuchel, I think is a great coach, but he did the same like Nye. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know what Unai Emery brings to the table that makes him a, a top-class manager. I think his football is is boring to watch. I think he's too defensive at times. Like you said, he's got bags of attacking talent at the Arsenal. Why not use it, seeing as you can't defend anyway? That's what drives us mad. And I'm going to bring James in here because, you know, as Arsenal fans, we were willing to give Unai Emery some time. At the start of last season, we gave him time. I think around about January, February time, people started having a few doubts. But then in April, when things went completely bad, we all agreed that, you know, there was a lot that needed to improve. He seemingly prioritised the Europa League over the Premier League. That cost him. Um, but now we find ourselves I in a position... With that. Look at the team made in Europa League. You you can say that last year. Look at the squad he made in issues in Europa League. But when but when that. it came when even it, Carl Jenkinson playing Europa League. Yeah, but when it came to yeah, but you can get through the Europa League early stages with a squad like that. When it came to the push and shove of it in April, and there was a game. James will will back me up here against Crystal Palace. Yeah, at the I, I know which game it was at home. Yeah, that's and the you one. Didn't Jenkinson was starter? That's this game you're talking. Yeah. Yeah, he changed. He he prioritized the Europa League tie that week, and it cost us. Yeah, mate. That that was um, that was probably the first time I really started to question Unai Emery. I know that we the big thing for me last season was that we were still dreadful away from home, and I knew that was going to be a ship that was going to be taking quite a long time to steady, given how poor we were away from home in Arsenal Wenger's final season. Um, so I was kind of not too not too disappointed with our well I was obviously disappointed but I wasn't too surprised by how poor we were away from home and we were so good at home last season and that was uh, that was really what was getting us through that Premier League campaign and it was when we played that game against Palace where I really started to think what on earth is Emery doing um, playing the likes of Elneny, Jenkinson, Mavro Panos 
in this game at home to Crystal Palace. And it wasn't just Palace. It was Brighton. It was Wolves. It was Everton. It was all those games that we should have got more points from. And when you look at how many points we needed to get from those games, with the calibre of players we had coming up against the opposition that we had to play, there's just no excuse at all. And prioritising the Europa League, when we had a much easier route to get into the Champions League via top four, was abysmal from memory. There's no other way of putting it. So, Roman, do you feel like the way that the situation that Arsenal are in at the moment, and I'm just interested to get your opinion because you're not an Arsenal supporter, so you're looking at this no, no. from a very neutral but, position. For example, I, I can... I understand what you mean about Torreira. I, I understand because for me, he's a defensive midfielder. But why he played so at this position? It's because without Ramsey, you don't have any player. You don't have anyone who runs like that and give solution to the teammates, especially the fullbacks. Look at last game at home. Torreira was all every time if there was a cross something on the box. He gives solution to other people and he was a way to push you know, higher when you don't have the ball to get more pressure. Why? Because you don't have that holding midfielder who can make that running. Ceballos, he wants the ball on his feet, but he didn't call for the ball, for example, on the on the on the space. You know, you, you know what I mean. So that's why that's why I I won't say it's a good choice. I I just think why is doing that because Torreira gave that kind of option and he was a little bit aged in the beginning of season, so that that's why he didn't play. After Genduzi was impressive, so so he. Keeps his place. Uh, I disagree with that. I think Torreira had to, had to play more defensively, but I understand why he tries to to put him there. Um, the thing is now it will be very complicated for Arsenal against Leicester because the team has that problem of confidence, trouble of confidence, especially defensively. I mean, and even in the game, okay, you're very poor. I understand what you mean. Um, I want to see the team with the two fullbacks, Bellerin and Tierney when they will be 100%, because I think it can really change your game. The thing is, last year you played with three centre-backs because defensively you were too poor. So you have to balance a little bit of squad. The problem is, I, I will repeat myself, but in Arsenal, the first 11, we playing at Chelsea, Liverpool, or Manchester United, or Manchester City. Just tell me four players, I don't think. Aubameyang, yeah, maybe. But Aubameyang has to play as a central striker. He's not that good on whites. Lacazette, okay, but same. Is a pro striker, so I have to play with two strikers. How many teams play with two strikers now? So you have to adapt the team to them. Don't think you have the players for that. Ozil, he will play at Liverpool now. Gendouzi now. I'm sorry to say that. It can be rude, but let's be realistic. And I don't think Unai also add the level to coach Liverpool and Manchester City. So, yeah. So, but, he's, a, so that's... he's a manager of Sevilla, of that kind of club, definitely. He's not, he's not like Guardiola club. I agree with you on that. But the players are the same. Uh, I agree. I'm sorry to say that, but I saw the game in Crystal Palace. I'm sorry, but Wilfried Zaha is better than any one of your strikers. He's, he's fucking better than Pepe. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm French. <laughs> I, I know Nicolas Pepe. You, you're the only club paying that kind of money for Nicolas Pepe. I mean, you need defenders, you need defensive midfielders, and you pay 80 million for a winger. Can someone explain that? Uh, I agree. I mean, James, what have you made of the, the Nicolas Pepe signing? We're going to come on to talk about a couple of French players that Roman will be able to give us some insight on. But first of all, what have you made of, of Nicolas Pepe since he's arrived? I mean, obviously, it's, it's been a bit up and down. I don't think Emery's really helped his cause by 
dropping in when he's actually starting to get into a bit of a form. And it's just been a case of we've seen glimpses of his quality, but we've never really seen it consistently. I think we had a chance to see it recently, but unfortunately he uh, didn't get into the team at the weekend. Um, but, I mean, the, the statistics are there. He's, he's getting a good output. Um, he's getting plenty of goals. Well, he's getting the occasional goal. He's getting plenty of assists, though, and he is contributing to the team, something that Wilfred Zaha, he looks very good on the eye. He's very easy to watch, very, very beautiful to watch at times. But he's he's not getting... Oh, he has more IQ than Pepe. He gives the ball. Look, the game against Crystal Palace, you have three or four chances on fast break with Pepe, Aubameyang and Lacazette. And what happened? They lose the ball. I, I, I know. I know a lot of people knowing Nicolas Pepe. He's a good player. He's a good player, definitely. But if you're Arsenal and you need more defenders, I mean, really good defenders, why why you buy him? That price. I mean, I mean, no one, no one on earth will pay 80 million for Pepe. No one. Except <laughs> Arsenal. So so on the on that board, who believe that okay, we'll put all your our money to Winger. I think and I'm on the say, last um, day bringing David Luiz. Honestly, honestly. Yeah, I mean we, to be fair, I think I do think we had to bring in a winger, um, but not at that it, price. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tricky one. Our other option was Wilfred Zaha, and obviously that that didn't end up going through. And Most I think expensive you, too. Most I think expensive if, you, if you if if you put Zaha in this Arsenal team, then we're talking about him not getting the end product at Crystal Palace. But I mean, he's playing with Jordan Ayew, Christian Benteke, James McArthur. Um, you put him with the caliber of players that we've got at Arsenal in a Bamiyang, like is that? then you, you definitely probably would see that, that output from him. Um, but I still you know, remain in saying that we had to buy a winger this window. Uh, look, if you look at our other wingers, a main player has been Bakayo Saka, who's 18. Another one is Reese Nelson, who's 19. Um, we play Bamiyang as a left winger. We don't have finished product wingers. So I think it was essential that Arsenal had to go out there and buy a winger. I think, no, it was, yeah, but none of that they, price. Yeah, but I think there was an essence in the club Sort of, I mean, you've seen it time and time again with Arsenal. We do panic when it comes to a transfer window occasionally. And could we have looked around at other options? Probably. Um, I will but, give but... you an anecdote about Pepe and to why I'm telling that. Um, Nicolas Pepe called a few friends he had in the world of football. It was one week before signing to Arsenal, asking the players if they can help him, asking the agent if they can help him because he had nothing. So, I mean, if there was a lot of club interest by him, there was. Not at that price. For 40 million, maybe, not 80 million. So my problem is there. If Arsenal signed Nicolas Pepe for 40 million, no problem. And the other 40 million put a, a great centre-back, a great defensive midfielder. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there I agree Even the you. player was panicked because he had nothing. There and I finally, agree finally, Arsenal came. It was, it was a relief for him. Thanks for him, Arsenal came. And thanks for Lille, because Lille was, I mean, there was no club who wanted Pepe at that price. So why Arsenal? There I agree with you, Roman. I think, I think you're absolutely right in the sense that there were more pressing priorities at Arsenal. I agree with you there. I think that... You what, needed a winger. But we did. Defend, I mean, we did, you have Socrates and David Luiz. We <laughs> did need a winger, guys, but we needed a... Unai Emery's team, it, it is, there's so much emphasis on the fullbacks getting forward that often... The wingers are forced to come inside anyway. And, and so natural width is not really what we're asking from Pepe. It's not really what we ask from Aubameyang when he's out there either. And that's why I found it hard to, to accept that we spent so much money. Not that we spent so much money on Nicola Pepe, but that we spent that money and didn't go and strengthen more defensively. Because for me, that was a massive, massive issue. Now, 
Roman, let's talk about Matteo Genduzzi because for me, um, he's shown incredible talent. He's shown incredible heart, desire, pretty much everything. My only issue with Genduzzi at times is I think he's a little bit ill-disciplined in the way he's he plays positionally, <laughs> in the way that he presses to the right, he presses to the left. And I think that at times he gets caught out because of that. What is the general opinion of Genduzzi in France? We know he's had a call up to the national side uh, not too long ago. What are people making of Genduzzi at Arsenal uh, back home? Uh, first, I think it's uh, maybe your best satisfaction from the beginning of season. In and Karen Tierney, I think. Uh, when he came back from injury, he was really good as well. But I think Genduzzi is amazing at Arsenal. Uh, I, I told you I watched almost all of Arsenal games. I think he's the best player since the beginning of the season because he should desire. There's a lack of desire on that team, but he was a real leader. I remember it was a game against Aston Villa. He was a lion. He was a lion in the field area. In France, well, a lot of people were surprised because he played in second division, barely in second division. And people didn't understand why last year he played that much with Arsenal. I think even Arsenal's fans sometimes didn't understand why uh, Unai Emery uh, playing him. But now he is knocking the door for the national team. Uh, the thing is, a lot of concurrence, but I, I really think he will play. But I agree with you. Sometimes he's running like an headless chicken. <laughs> but uh, he has desire. Uh, I think he gets better and better. The thing is, with Wu Genduzi has to play. I think now Genduzi is a starter. I think we all agree on that. So those you have to play with Torreira, with Chaka, with Sabellos, with and the, the problem is that Unai and it's fault. It's his fault. He didn't have the, the good combination for the moment. Okay. And I also I think that the thing that Aaron Ramsey lived, it was hard for you. I think now everyone can see what's the real value, the real worth of Aaron Ramsey. What yeah. he brings to the team. It's a good point. Uh, James, if you could uh well, we can't, but if we could bring Aaron Ramsey back, would you take him ahead of Genduzi now? What What was your thoughts on Genduzi at the minute? Because like I said, for me, at times, I think he's excellent. There have been a few halves of football this season where he's been brilliant, but there have also been some really poor performances, particularly in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think it's just indicative of his age, really. Um, it's easy to forget yeah. that he's only 20 years old because he has played so, so, so much football. And there are players years ahead of him that are making these kind of mistakes. Um, and every player has the odd poor performance. And um, I'm more than happy to, to see him put in a, well, not happy, but I'm willing to let him off the odd poor performance because it's just part of the learning process and he will become a better player for it. But um, as Roman said, he's been a player that's really shone out this season. He, he does lead this team. He leads by example. He's got passion. He's got desire. And maybe that does overspill a little bit into aggression sometimes because he is, he is as you say, a bit of a headless chicken gets himself caught out of position quite a lot. And as we've seen in recent weeks, has struggled a little bit before. But he is a player that I think is going to be a real fixture in this Arsenal team. For what I hope is definitely the next decade. But there are areas of his game he's got to work on. He's got to call that temperament. He's got to cut out the things that he did, like in that game away from home at Watford, putting those fingers up to the crowd. That was stupid of him. But he's, um, yeah, I mean, we're all excited by him. But it's finding that right combination in midfield. I think now with... Jacker being dismissed from the team, I'd really like to see a midfield pairing between him and Torreira grow throughout the season. Yeah. The, the other thing is that it's not normal that Genduzi is the leader of the team. He's only 20 years old. So I think I think it's not normal. It's not to a youngster to lead by example. I mean, it's great, but what are doing the other? I think Socrates is doing his best as well. He's doing his best, but he's limited. But he's doing his best. 
And sometimes I have the impression that the others are not doing, I mean, they have to show more passion, more desire. It's not to 21, 21 years old to lead by example. What, um, Roman, what have you made of the, the Granite Xhaka situation? Looking at it from the outside, <laughs> uh, do, do you back Unai Emery's decision to take the captaincy away from him? <laughs> the thing is, Unai and his players choose that issues with his uh, um, with the oldest players that the team had to give his opinion about who has to be the next captain. So they choose Chaka. I understand it's like a democratic uh, vote. I, I'm okay with that. But happens what it happens. Uh, the thing is, Chaka is like a scapegoat. It's like all the troubles of Arsenal is because of Chaka, is because of Chaka and Emery. I mean, Chaka isn't that bad. I mean, you have to, to imagine in each club and even with his national team, he plays. He's praised by his teammates and praised by his managers. Every time on each club he went. So first, first of all, I don't think it's that bad because if it was that bad, the Arsenal players didn't vote him as captain. Secondly, with what happened, uh, letting his team down, especially the way he walks so slow with all that, I think uh, if Shaka will be ne still the captain, it will be very, very hard for him, the pressure, all that stuff. Um, they, I know they talk a lot about it. They know, talk a lot about it. Uh, Shaka received a lot of support from his teammates as well. But I think it's the best decision because imagine that Shaka still captain of Arsenal. The thing is now is that Aubameyang, he, dis he was disappointed as a captain in Gabon with his country, but his country is a disaster in football, so it's complicated. So it's not to him to show that he can bring Arsenal, you know, a little bit more peace in the squad, but also desire. So let's hop to Aubameyang now to show his quality. I mean, for me, Aubameyang is a good choice because he is one of the the better players. And I think I've always said when you don't have a standout candidate, you should probably give it to your best player. But James yeah, he runs a lot. Yeah, he he works his socks off for the team, Aubameyang. See, I, I would say that at times he maybe doesn't do enough of that. I mean, James, what do you make of, of the Aubameyang decision? For me, I'm not against it, but I'm not particularly enthused by it. I don't look at Aubameyang and say, there's a real leader. No, um, I mean, he, to be honest, he would have been my first choice ahead of Chaka. I just think he's, he's a guy that ever since he's come into the team has raised morale. He, he's always got a smile on his face and he leads by example on the pitch. He's one of few players in this team that consistently delivers time and time and time again. And if we didn't have him this season, then God knows where we'd be. Um, so I think it's it's a choice that is going to be respected by by the players, you, you would hope. And um, I think it's it's a sensible choice. It's one that's been dragged out for quite too long. I think Emery handled the situation quite poorly um, because it, it's taken so long for, for this to happen after the uh, the game against Palace in where Jacker um, did what he did. Uh, but I think it, it works out perfectly. I mean, uh, Aubameyang is going to be 31 in the new year. Um, and then in a couple of years' time, you'd assume the captaincy would be handed down to Hector Bellerin, who'll be in his mid-20s by that point. So I think I think it's a sensible decision. And it's uh, it's one that will benefit us for the long term, I hope. Yeah, fingers crossed. The, the other thing uh, as well is you don't, you don't have real leaders in the squad. Agreed. Agreed. Maybe Bellerin is one of them. But he was injured. But there are a lot of desire. Genduzi is trying, but he's he has to be more disciplined. Uh, and you have Socrates, but you can't give it to Socrates. I mean, he's, he's too limited. But he has good mentality. 
if all the players in the squad will work that hard like Socrates, well, Arsenal won't be in trouble. I've, I've got to say, I kind of, I know a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but I, I do disagree with that to an extent. I do think we've got um, quite a few uh, players in this team that are vocal, that, that do want to do well. I think the problem is that they're actually not good enough. Um, so you're talking yeah, about they're Socrates, not good enough. Socrates and David Luiz. I mean, they're, they're vocal, but they're, they're not good enough. They're, they're a terrible centre-back partnership, let's be honest. Um, but yeah. they are vocal and, and they, they are people that, you know, will, will try maybe, to raise Maybe if you play at three at the back, Socrates, Luis and Holding, if he's coming back from injury, well, maybe, okay, but Socrates, David, Luis, when you play with Chambers at right back and Kolasinac at left back, honestly, I think even Watford has better defenders, to be honest. I think every other team in the Premier League and probably the Championship has a better centre-back pairing than us, mate. So, so oh, that, that's the problem. You can put all the manager on the hoof. And I, and I repeat what I say about Pepe. Is it normal to spend 80 minutes on Pepe when you know that you will play with Socrates, Holding, and Luis at back? But I see where I slightly disagree with you guys is I don't think that everybody's got a better centre-back partnership than us. I think that the other teams are set up better. They're, they're in a better shape. They know how to defend. They defend in a very narrow shape when, when they haven't got possession. But with Arsenal, it's the complete opposite. And part of that is because Unai Emery wants his fullbacks to be bombing up and down the pitch all the time. And for me, yeah. unless your midfield are going to tuck in and do those jobs to protect your defence, then you're going to always have this problem. And that's why I take so much issue with Unai Emery because we are what 15 months 16 months into his time at Arsenal and we are still seeing the same problems and people can talk about us not having the right players at the end of the day Socrates was signed after Unai Emery joined David Lewis was signed after Unai Emery joined Kieran Tierney after Unai Emery joined Torreira Leno Arsenal have brought in a whole host of defensive players and we still can't set the team up right to defend so for me you know, you can talk about the players that we don't have and that we should have, but there are, like you guys said, there are teams with weaker defenders who are getting better defensive performances. Are you going to tell me that Sheffield United's players are are better than ours? They're not. But Chris Wilder knows how to set up a defence. That's the difference. I want to yeah. see a team with Bellerin and Tierney 100%. I, I think with Bellerin and Tierney, it can... Because I know how important the fullbacks are in this system. In his system, so with Tierney and Bellerin, one hundred percent, I think it it changed a lot. It changed a lot what you can do on the pitch, really. James, I think Bellerin is a massive player for you. When he was injured last year, it was terrible because I think this good play it, it was terrible because he is good with the ball. He has a really good high cue to know when to pass, when to cross. It can be ter- and Tierney. I, I love Scottish football. I know I'm mad. I love Scottish football. Tierney is a fantastic, fantastic young left back. So I'm excited by these two players, but I agree with you. It's not normal that after one year and a half, you don't, still don't have that balance. Or you play an offensive side and you, you say, okay, this year it will be crazy. We'll score a lot of goals, but we'll concede a lot of goals. And we will press very high on the pitch. Maybe a lot of risk, but why not? Or you do the other thing. You do like you did in the last couple of months last year. I mean, three at the back, two defensive midfielder, and Ozil, Aubameyang, Lacazette can express herself. Yeah, but you—that's the fall of Unai You can't be in the middle of that. Yeah, that's that's, that's my, my problem with him. Yeah, that's why I don't understand. Or you, you choose one option or the other, but not 
between because it didn't work. The players are not good enough to play that side. All they play very offensive or very defensively, but between the two, it's not working. Yeah, the the balance definitely isn't there. Um, James, I'm going to put one final question to you before we wrap it up, and then I'm going to put the question to Roman as well. Um, so I want to get your answers. James, is Unai Emery, in your opinion, out of his depth at Arsenal Football Club? Yeah, I, I have to say, um, I was really excited when he first uh, initially joined the club, mainly because of the style of football that we saw so early on in those games against Manchester City, against Chelsea. And uh, it was really exciting to see us press that way because it's not something that we did under Arsene Wenger. And this team looked like one that was working so hard um, for, for one true cause really that Emery was installing in the team. We had some great performances last season. That shouldn't be forgotten. The 5-1 win against Valencia, beating Napoli home and away. Uh, the win against Tottenham at home last December. Probably one of the best performances I've seen from an Arsenal team in a long time. But that's just slowly phased out. And I don't think the players are truly understanding what he's trying to do. We've seen this season that he's played a ludicrous amount of formations. It really does now feel like he's just throwing the dice, seeing what comes up. And uh, we, I think we saw that last night in our game against Pretoria. It's the first time we've seen a back three. It just, just feels like he's trying to make things work quite helplessly. And I really do feel for, I do feel for him because as a person, it must be really, really, really hard. It's one of the toughest jobs in the world. And it's if he's not really got the backing of the players, which I feel like is, is becoming more of a, more, more, more like the situation at the moment. Um, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a job that I just feel like is, uh, is slipping away from him. But, I sincerely hope he does do well this weekend against Leicester. Um, I never want to see Arsenal lose, and I hope that we can turn it around. But I just can't see it based on what I've seen in the past month or so. And I really do feel that um, we are going to be on the back end of a hammering on Saturday. I hate to say it. Me too. Uh, Roman, your final thoughts on Unai Emery. Is this job too big for him? Is he out of his depth? No. No? Not because he was at PSG, so... No, definitely not. Uh, but did he make mistakes here? I'm curious about Leicester. I think he will play it free at the back at Leicester. That's why they play it free at the back. Yes, I think. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure, but you will see. I think Ozil will play behind Lacazette and Bamiang, and you will play with Genduzi, Torreira, and another one midfield. Genduzi, Torreira, Tierney, Kolasinac on the left side, Bellerin right side. And the three free centre backs. Normally, you will play like that. So um, you said you said there, Robert, that the job is not too big for him because he was at PSG. No. Now, yeah. I accept that at PSG there is incredible pressure because of the money that they've been spending in recent know, years. The organisation of the club is a mess. Tell Thomas Tuchel, it's PSG is a mess. This is really a mess. It's a mess, but the club is managed. The, the expectation is to win, though, isn't it? There is very high expectations at PSG, and and they keep changing yeah, managers because they're not going it's anywhere. Complicated. It's complicated. You know, at PSG, the problem is that sometimes the players like Thiago Silva, he called the president saying, "Ah, oh, I, I don't like that. I don't want to train with the youngster." No, 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 no. And so after that, he tell the manager, "No, no, Thiago Silva, he did not have to train like that." I mean, the players, if they have a problem, they complain to the president. And the president say, no, no, don't listen to the manager, listen to me. So I think it's very complicated for a manager. But very, very complicated. Where I, would, where I would slightly disagree with you is I think that there is more pressure from the Arsenal fan base than there is from the PSG fan base. Because Arsenal's fan base is very active on social media. It's very vocal and it's very big. No, I, they, they are very active. In, in, trust me, trust me, trust me. Uh, uh, would you say PSG are a bigger club than Arsenal, though? I don't think they are. 
No, no, with history, definitely not. Arsenal is bigger club in history. But recently, the thing is, in France, there's only one big club. The other clubs are pretty average. So, I mean, and you have more expectations from the board. Yeah, I agree there. There's so definitely it's, it's more different. They're different jobs, but he did okay, not that good, not that bad in Paris. In Arsenal, I think the first season was okay. Okay with uh, the ending was cruel because, as you said, during the year, you can see good performance. I remember also the game against Liverpool at home. It was a really good performance. You made the draw. It was an incredible game. The win against Tottenham, against Napoli and, and Valencia. It was a great game. It was a great game. But now since the beginning of the season, it's shit. It's shit. <laughs> it's boring, boring Arsenal. And definitely, it's the blame also of the manager. But I really think he can, you know, with these players. These players won't, won't let him down like that. I mean, obviously, attention with players, definitely. But it's not war. Because really, if the players want to get rid of Emery, they know how to make it. And they, they won't fight, for example, against Aston Villa like they did. So the thing is, he had some troubles with players, definitely, but not with all the squad. Okay. And there's a lot of people inside the club who are trying to get advantage of it. But I cross my finger for you guys uh, this weekend, and hopefully, especially against Brendan Rodgers, because... You know, as I told at the beginning, Unai Emery has a lot of, made a lot of mistakes, but he's not a bad person. He's not a guy who made play, uh, coach and agent. He's not like Brendan Rodgers, you know? Yeah. I think Rodgers is a great manager, but I don't like the manager who's trying to play as agent, like Harry Redknapp or Sam Allardyce. So just for that, come on <laughs> Arsenal this weekend. Lovely, great stuff. Just, just ask the players at Celtic what they really think about Brendan Rodgers and his manies when he told the players, oh, you have to, to go to that club with that agent. Fuck, man. That's not how I see football. So come on, Arsenal this weekend. Thank you very much, my friend. Uh, thank you to Roman Molina for joining us. Thank you to yeah. James Cook as well. Um, guys, if you are watching us live, there are over 100 of you watching us live at the moment. Please, please, please uh, hit that like button on YouTube. It's very, very important. Hello to those of you who are listening back later on on the podcast edition, or of course, those who are watching us back on the replay. Roman, thank you once again. Do you want to let everybody know how they can follow you on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. My name is Romain Molina. And many thanks and sorry for my English sometimes because as I live in Spain, I use more my uh, the Spanish and the French. So sorry if I make some mistakes in English. No but I worries. think my English is better than the Unai's one, no? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> <laughs> James, thank my you accent. so much, mate. <laughs> no problem. James, no, thank you. Cool, and how can people keep up to date with you? You can find me on Twitter at jcook96 for very controversial tweets. And you can find me on YouTube uh, at AFC Game by Game. Great stuff. Thank you very much. And thank you to everybody who's tuned in. Uh, let us know what you thought of the show in the comments. And we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until then, take care. Bye-bye.